Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. It's Virgo season, and that means it's time to fall in lust at the Pleasure Chest. Since 1971, the Pleasure Chest has supported their community's sexual growth and exploration by pioneering a sex-positive culture with an emphasis on education, enjoyment, and inclusivity. That's right, Pleasure Chest is turning 48 this year, and to celebrate, they're offering free shipping on PleasureChest.com orders all month long. Every fall, the Pleasure Chest focuses on their inclusive and accessible pleasure education program. Pump up your pleasure IQ with a free workshop at one of Pleasure Chest's five locations in LA, New York, and Chicago. All workshops are open to adults 18 and older of all genders, sexual orientations, and relationship statuses. Follow at Pleasure Chest Stores on Instagram or check back for their full fall and winter lineup of free workshops at PleasureChest.com slash events. You can also get your ass to class at Sex Expo in Brooklyn, where Pleasure Chest will be hosting workshops September 21st and September 22nd. Your sexiest body part is your mind this September and all year round at the Pleasure Chest. And now on with the show. So, Squish Cat, mm-hmm. the cam client, asked you to squish a cat, mm-hmm. and you said no. No, but I will be a nerdy art student <laughs> and use my imagination and do some research Yes, and figure out something that might satisfy and also, like, put on my, like, empathy... Well, it sounds like you can't take it off. Right, um, correct. Come from almost come to from, a fault, maybe. Sure, I can relate to that. Use my my powers of empathy for my own benefit and yours, mm-hmm. and and say like, well, what what about cake? Right, like I'm not going to do that, but I can do this. So, what was it like the first time that you sat on a cake on cam? So I remember. What was it like for you? What did yeah. it look like? How did it feel? Right. Were, were you like Eureka the first time? First of all, I knew nothing about cake. Because you don't like it. Right. For some reason, I bought an ice cream cake, <laughs> um, which is like, I feel like the least cake cake you can buy. It is, in terms of material, yeah. ice cream behaves differently totally. than frosting or cake. But what I realized was there's something about the ice cream cake frosting that it was super pigmented. So Mm. when I did the first sit, the first press against my cheeks, it was these bright, beautiful rainbow colors. And then the second sit was like crunchy chocolate. (laughs) And I realized like... There was a line between it looking really aesthetically beautiful and it looking like bodily excrements. Well, you, and like, so you went there. What are we going for? Right. You know? Right. And so that that started my negotiation process with what do I want this to look like 
Also, what is this actually about? And what is it about? So, so this is really special to me, like what I've, I think I've figured out. And that is, it's much like the cat. It's a life to death. It's a full to flat sunrise sunset it's it's a transformative experience it's clean to messy uh-huh it is it's a narrative arc absolutely and there's a beginning and there's an end and we that all is, learn something and grow yes, it's very satisfying <laughs> yeah and along with that it has all of these uh, how we started the show, a- ASMR qualities. Mm-hmm. There's in tactile, sensory qualities that are not just about something on the skin, but what I've realized when I perform in real life in public spaces, the room is filled with this buttery, sugary smell. Oh, yeah. And it is very hard to seamlessly incorporate smell and scent into art. And I had no idea that that would be a part of the experience. We're not just working with the ceremonial, ritualistic object, but scent and memory and, like, taking you back to your f- experiences with it. Like, it is, it is so packed with information and it is so layered and emotional yes yes i love the way that you were touching your own skin while talking about (laughs) the tactile experience oh my god okay i mean this thing about a narrative and like the meaning of what is done cannot be undone and just mm, such a mm-hmm. such a you can't put it back together. No, no, you can't. And that is something that we all have a hard time accepting. Mm. So yes. maybe having a ritual of accepting the inevitability of destruction, mm-hmm. entropy, yes, death, the it's loss of control, there. loss yeah. of control, right. loss of keeping it together. Yeah. Okay. And, and I'm getting it. I'm also, getting it. Uh, sexualizing an object that is not sexual. Sure. I mean, that's the sort of fundamentals of fetishism, right? And defiling something that is childlike. Sure. And smooth and clean mm-hmm. and precise and mm-hmm. beautiful and pretty. You know, you're also making something pretty into something disgusting. Right. So... To jump back, what I realized about the chocolate was like, this is not working, so... Oh, and when you said the first sit, I've, I've heard you refer to like, I'm doing a sit at this party tonight, mm-hmm. but you didn't mean like that first session, you meant like the first time that your ass Correct, yeah. touched the cake, it was frosting, mm-hmm. and it left this like beautiful pigmented mm-hmm. rainbow on your ass mm-hmm. and then the next time you sat mm-hmm. I'm totally like yes. lifting myself up and <laughs> working on my glutes in this chair like and then the next time you sat your ass on the cake because it's an ice cream cake I totally know the like crunchy cookie mm-hmm. thing that you're talking about uh, that's the other thing cakes have layers mm-hmm. so you're like getting through the like the geological sed- <laughs> sediment of the cake right so you're like getting past the like surface yes. you're breaking the yes. surface of the frosting and then you're getting down into the layer mm-hmm. of the like the cookie layer and then there's maybe a cake layer and then mm-hmm. maybe there's an ice cream layer although it sounds like you figured out that that doesn't work so right so, so and i realized to the, to the layer point there there wasn't enough to work with. There wasn't enough to put on a show. Mm. And maybe because my butt is so big, like, but I realized I needed I needed more materiality. And mm. how am I gonna do that? Well, I'm gonna bake it myself. So yeah, girl. to counteract the chocolate and the lack of material, I started experimenting with baking. And my cakes are like, I do no less than seven layers now. Yeah. And it's necessary to keep the performance going and also just to make a really elaborate, beautiful cake that people are more invested in. Because you made it? Because I made it, but because it is so 
decadent. It makes it even more faux pas to fuck it up. Well, it's like your blood, sweat, and tears. Right, right. And it's a sculpture yeah. that you made, and you are a among many other types of art and mediums that you work in. Sculpture mm-hmm. is clearly one of them. And mm-hmm. for there's a reason that baking shows are so fucking right. popular and right. that people see them as like Xanax in the form of television, yes. right? Yes. It's like very soothing it is, to people. And I describe it this way. I describe it as birthing them. You're birthing the cake? Yes. And then sticking it back up your ass. Well, I birth. <laughs> I'm sorry. I understand. Around. Listen, I'm not a breeder, but I do know that babies don't come out of asses. <laughs> uh, I am. I. I like to say I'm birthing. I birth what I destroy, and I look for that 360, like circular. I'm. We're working together. You, you know? and the cake. Yes. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. So you. So you you create. Mm-hmm. The cake, and you also post your process on your mm-hmm. Instagram, and it's so fun to watch. It's it's a similar color palette taste to your sartorial expression, mm-hmm. like lots of bright colors mm-hmm. and just like excess and like fun shapes. Yes. And you make these giant decadent cakes, and then you bring them to the performance space mm-hmm. or you bring them into your mm-hmm. cam room. Not purchasing the cakes and making them myself really legitimized it as an art practice for me. Totally. And I'm very much in my studio, in my house, making a temporary sculpture. I needed my hand in it for this to be real, you know? You needed to put your hand in it and then put your ass yeah. on it. Yeah. It also makes me think about all of the different meanings of the word consumption because if you were to purchase the cake then you would be a consumer mm-hmm. who's purchasing a cake you you have no intention of actually physically consuming the cake like eating it mm-hmm. or serving it to anyone to be physically consumed nutritional value taste pleasure notwithstanding but then your audience is consuming mm. the performance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of the, of your cake set. Right, right. And it would have been someone else's art and someone else's work if I was working with another baker's cake. Right. It It would be an interesting dynamic to play with, like, where would all of your emotions and creativity like how would they flow if you were destroying sitting on a cake made by someone else yeah. you know I mean even it, saying it out loud it just it doesn't work for me like it doesn't sound like full enough of an experience I showed your Instagram to a friend of mine shout out to Tori <laughs> who is herself a baker mm-hmm. And and her partner is also a baker. Shout out to that beautiful queer family. Mm. And I was like, look at that ass. And she was like, it's an amazing ass. And then I was like, she makes the cake. She was like, wait, she makes the cake? <laughs> <laughs> See, it's like, it's like jarring. But so I'm also now imagining like what if, sorry for, sorry, not sorry, Tori, for like using you as a material in this art fantasy. What if hypothetically, Tori was like, Mm. it would bring me great joy to make you a cake Mm. to sit on as part of your performance. Or like maybe a friend of yours is like, I want to make a cake. I want to make my own fucking birthday cake or my own graduation cake or my own wedding cake. Mm -hmm. And then have you sit on it in a performance art that is like a ceremony that is about the same thing that the cake is about. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about that? Like, do you take commissions is my question, I guess. Well, so one time, do you know the bar, bakery, butter and scotch? Totally. You have to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They, Queer, owned and operated. Yes. Yeah. They donated two huge cakes to one of my settings once. And they were great and they were beautiful. 
there was a lacking of a relationship between the cake and I. Um, as much as it is for other people and it is a performance, you know, I need, I need to feel something too. Yeah, of course. <laughs> well, no, that's really, I mean, you that know? was one of my questions is yeah. like, how important is your it's really experience? Important. Yeah. And I think I'm just realizing that now people have for private parties and we should talk about how this has expanded from the internet to the public to private parties. People have offered to get my rate down by saying I'll provide the cakes. No, you're missing the point. On several levels. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. (laughs) So not to say that I wouldn't. And working with another baker, perhaps collaborating. I, I most recently collaborated. I was just in L.A. with another artist who makes cake sculptures but out of acrylic and resin so Mm. that they're permanent we collaborated on a cake together and sat there and decorated it together Mm. I'm more into something like that you know again I I work with my hands I for it to be a full art piece for me it needs to have all of these elements that I've explored through trial and error and these disturbing experiences and you know, I really feel like I've figured it out so that it's full for me and full for other people. Mm-hmm. And when an element is missing, like when I'm not allowed to sing or someone wants yes. a different type of sitting, I feel compromised a bit. Like I'm not getting my vision out there, but I also need to make money. So yeah. I, I have compromised and it hurts, but I know that sacrifices have to be made. So I'm not opposed to it, but... I really do feel like I've I've figured out my intent as an artist. I've conceptualized it. I've intellectualized it. And I like to have control over what I'm narrating. Totally. Yeah. That is so thoughtful <laughs> and amazing. And um, also, I love a woman with a strong opinion about yeah. how her art should go. <laughs> I want to go back Mm. to the singing Mm -hmm. because I feel like I had seen some of your cake sitting videos Mm -hmm. and I had been like, this is clearly someone with like a very vivid and unique vision and approach to this fetish sex work and performance art. Mm -hmm. I like clocked that right away. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing that impressed me is just that you are, you're, you're like, talent in the like movement art part mm. of this which we haven't even talked about mm-hmm. like you're just you just know what to do with that ass Lindsay mm-hmm. you really do <laughs> and not everybody it would be really different if you didn't have like so much like control and coordination mm-hmm. like it's really quite beautiful thank you um, you know I'm like a connoisseur of such things mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I'm like inclined to mm-hmm. enjoy that part mm-hmm. Like, I would watch, like, you were talking about wanting to be a stripper. Like, mm-hmm. I would definitely, like, watch you do that show without the cake. And I'm right. not saying, like, take the cake out of it. I, no, you've, I, ju- you've just right. spoken so eloquently and beautifully about how integral that is to it. Yes. But, like, just for the record, mm. I feel like you could probably put on a good show without anything under your ass at all. Or maybe <laughs> someone's face. Um, well, so I have stripped before. And I realized that was not my calling and not because of the dancing it was incredibly emotionally draining and actually physically being with people as opposed to the Mm -hmm. internet where I get to be by myself with other people it's so interesting I feel the inverted way oh interesting like it might be the like few years difference in our ages Hmm. I think I mean, whatever. Everybody has different personalities and extrovert and introvert. But, like, I find it like more... Like the internet dra- drains you more? The internet... Uh. D- trying to interact with the clients who are just, like, a feed of text uh-huh. on my computer while I'm also, like, being, like, present and engaged physically yeah. for the screen is is really draining to me. But if I'm in a room with someone, I can, like, that, make them do whatever I want. That is so funny. I'm the opposite. Yeah. It takes all kinds. Good it thing does. we're all out there. You're right. Okay, so here's what I wanted to say mm-hmm. about your ass <laughs> and your dancing is that you had a video where you were doing a sit mm-hmm. on a cake and someone, a, a person, I believe another 
babe in like stripper clothes oh, yeah. was holding a microphone yeah. like up to her crotch yeah. and you were singing. That was my best sitting of all time. I could have stopped with that one. Well, I'm glad you didn't, yeah. but it 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 was very moving mm-hmm. and like watching you sing while doing it was very moving. The like microphone as strap on mm-hmm. and like participation of someone else was like really moving and I like mentioned that to you and you said that it was actually an accident because yes. there was no mic stand. Yes. And then I made a joke about objectification and like being a human mic stand. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I don't know. Can you talk about how yeah. the like singing changes all of this for you? Absolutely. And how did you become, how did you start? Do you, do you sing in your cam shows? Do you mm-hmm. only sing when it's live? So do you sing original compositions or do you? No, no, no originals. <laughs> it's very much karaoke style. Awesome. But it is a repertoire of music from my childhood. Mm. I grew up listening to very soulful R&B and rap and hip hop. And it really made an impact on the work that I make. And so the down to the first porn I ever watched, which was the R. Kelly sex tape, Oof. which is with an underage girl. Yeah. So, yeah. and I have performed... R. Kelly songs, they're more upsetting now because we've found out more, but I was very much using R. Kelly as a symbol mm. in my work. I it's am a very totally charged symbol, yeah. I'm totally aware of and am not supportive of this man anymore. You know, he was my introduction to sex and sexuality as a child and really confused me. As to where does, uh, where's the overlap of child and adult sexuality? When does one go into the other? What does of age mean? Mm. My friend the other day was like, age ain't nothing but a number. And I was like, yeah, except R. Kelly said that. So, because he produced that Aaliyah record Mm -hmm. when he was. When they were married and right. she was 15, I believe. Right. The ultimate problematic fave. Yes. And, and and I think to speak to what you're getting at, it would be a disservice to our collective continued exploration and understanding of how abuse mm. happens to stuff away Absolutely. the reality yes. of what it meant for Woody Allen was an Mm -hmm. extremely important Mm -hmm. artist to me when I was growing up and formed some of my ideas of romance Mm -hmm. and you know I and And what are you supposed to do forget that even though you might want to (laughs) yeah well I mean I think I think it's about I think I went through a long period of being like what am I supposed to do forget that Mm -hmm. about Woody Allen And I do think that we are in a cultural moment right now of reckoning. And I think it's the same with R. Kelly. It's like, uh, and I mean, this has come up with Michael Jackson recently. This Mm -hmm. is a huge tangent and it's my show. So we (laughs) we can do this. Like I've known since I was a child and becoming a fan Mm -hmm. of Michael Jackson, R. Kelly and Woody Allen. Mm -hmm. What a triumvirate. They had been accused of things. Right. Right. Yeah. At the time, I was like, eh, people are probably overreacting, you know? Like, uh, and not, that was like, and, and, it, and it's taken, it's not like we didn't know. And now right. it's like more things have come to light or things have been brought up in a new way with a new intensity. And now we're like, how can I reckon with this? I don't right. want to give this person my money. I will not allow anyone sing remixed to ignition at karaoke this is what it has taken and the even more confusing part is that i was a child realizing that this man liked children and i wanted that because i was a child sure like it it made sense to me they call him the pied piper because he lures children i like i knew that but i i wanted him my um, knowledge as a child of sexuality and int- intimacy and what's right and wrong. Like, I didn't know. All I knew is that he could possibly want me. You are describing why the power difference mm-hmm. between an adult exactly. and a child is rape and abuse, right. even when consent is involved. Exactly. 
you felt that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying you didn't know any better, mm-hmm. but I'm saying you were, like, as a child, not responsible for that desire. Or, like, another way of putting it is that, like, an adult who sees and indulges that desire mm-hmm. is yes. responsible for knowing that that is an exploitation of power. Right. It's their Correct. responsibility, not yours. Right. Well, we solved that. <laughs> anyway, so sometimes you sing R. Kelly songs when you are sitting on cakes. Yes. Um, I will say I wouldn't anymore. This was before the doc. You know, it does. I can't listen to him anymore. It doesn't feel the same. Mm-hmm. It feels wrong. So I've I've purposely ventured into other music. And I feel like also I made so much work specifically about him in grad school. And, you know, I've I've mined that part of myself and I feel like I can move on and um, work with new fodder and new music and new experiences while still in this emotional R&B realm and so specifically for that performance I sang a song called putting the dog to sleep by the antlers didn't really realize the animal connection until this moment (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the song is about the ending of a relationship Mm. and that performance is actually the first one where people were crying in the audience and came up to me after and were incredibly emotional monica who's another artist she was holding the mic for me there was no mic stand She got me my first stripping job, actually. She is a stripper. She was dressed as such. And we we very much mirrored each other. And there's a relationship there. So I think, like, that also is why it felt really special. Like, I, I remember being in that position and her legs were shaking because she's in these nine inch heels. And... But I felt so comforted also because I'm like, I get to do this on stage and be with someone that I really care about also. There there was a lot of energy in that performance with the cake, with the song, with our dynamic. It really all came together in that one for me. And the other reason that I use music is because... This is a fetish that exists. You can go online and find other people doing it. And I not only wanted to add music as an element of uh, emotional confusion, but something that only I was doing. No one else is singing during their cake sitting. I needed to add this other layer to... The cake? (laughs) (laughs) To subvert it even more. Yeah. And also... Like when making art, I have a rule like flip it once, flip it twice, and then flip it again. Mm-hmm. Like you you need you need to mess with it. You can't just perform something that has already been performed. Yeah, I had to add. <laughs> like incorporating the singing has this audacity to it that I experienced when I saw that video. Which I was also just moved by this like shitty iPhone mm, mm-hmm. camera yeah. footage of that not even being in the room. But there's an audacity to it because you're singing away from the audience. Oh yes. Right? And right. and there's I mean, that's just an interesting right. thing to play with that like they're looking at your cake that you made mm-hmm. and your ass and mm-hmm. your body. And your ponytail, Mm -hmm. depending on where they are, maybe they can see your face. You could kind of see the face in the video, but you're you're facing away. But then with the mic, your voice is then amplified through the speakers Mm -hmm. back out to them. So it's like you're 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 singing away from them, but they're your voice is Mm -hmm. like coming out at them. Mm -hmm. Give me goosebumps. (laughs) Give me give myself (laughs) goosebumps. Invoking emotion without seeing someone's face. That's what happens to me in the chat room. Yeah. Um, I can't see these people, but I very much have a visual of them based off of our conversation. 
and there's there's something so special about that, like being able to affect someone and you can't even see them. Yeah. I love that. And I love that that's being translated in the performance, like the experience that I'm having in a space that in the internet, it doesn't even feel like reality sometimes. Sure. I'm able to bring that into reality for people to deal with and feel that that feels really powerful. Do you feel, in what ways do you feel different when you're performing on cam and you're facing away from your computer mm-hmm. and you know that that feed is continuing of people being like, wow, 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 mm-hmm. and like the tokens blinging mm-hmm. versus like being in a room where you can like hear people's reactions, right. you can feel the energy in the room changing, like you know you could feel their eyes on you, whatever. Mm-hmm. You know that you're going to have to probably, you've maybe just talked to some of them and you're going to talk to them afterwards. Mm-hmm. Well, And also they're, I mean, maybe they've paid, but you're like, there's not a direct relationship between like them paying you to do this as there is right. in, the, in the chat well, room. Well, the evolution with the performances. Yeah, let's talk about that. I'm now being tipped. So that has become another um, element in real life where the tokens have manifested into real money. Great. And like I'm dealing with money on the stage, which is a really um, a stripper aspect, a chat room aspect, and also adds to the ritual in that I've come up with this new ritual of after what happens after and the aftermath of the performance and me washing my money. And oh my God, it's like that has become something really special to me where I'm counting my money and it's covered in cake and like I leave it there for a few days so it has this like gestation period where it soaks everything up and the money changes colors (laughs) like everything is truly full circle and so special oh my god and then you're spending that money and it's out there in the world yes die yes in it yes that's so true oh my god this conversation is customized for Lorelai Lee anyway (laughs) that is really Amazing. And you enjoy doing it yourself, the, uh, cleaning your money. Absolutely. And I... will never be totally right. untainted by... Right. And I have many, like from every performance, I save a couple bills and frame them. I've also given them as gifts, like in a frame, That's just as like my my first dollars like you know in the bodega where you see their dollars hung up from their first sales i am running my own business at this point and it makes it definitely buy a a cake dollar cake dollar yeah I, i you know and also the just like beautiful audacity of like charging a hundred dollars for a dollar right right and that it it was a part of the performance, yeah. and it has it has life in it. It's been infu- oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's been infused. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, let me know. Uh, I've got my credit card out. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll give you one. Great. And um, no, I I want to pay for it. Okay, I'll give you some cash. We'll we'll negotiate a rate. <laughs> the other thing about the comparison of like the energy in the room in real life as opposed to the chat room. I am like very much in my own space, in my own world. Um, and do not manipulate myself or any part of the performance for the audience, whether it be online or in real life. I try to make it as much like the chat room as possible. Mm. And I really do like not interact before or after with people it's happened a couple of times where I've gotten caught in situations where people want to take pictures with me after or want to chat about it I don't really like breaking that barrier and I like to keep it what it is and like I said before I come for a reason and I leave right after you know I want you to quote unquote, sit with that experience (laughs) and not uh, be manipulated by anything else other than what I gave you to work with. And the interaction, 
is also emotionally draining for me. You know, a lot of what I do is uh, for self-preservation from the way I dress in public to me coming and going from a performance. Mm. I I want to preserve as much emotional and physical energy I can because it is so demanded of me yeah. in my job, as yeah. you know. Yeah. So I'm always acting um, in terms of, you know, self how can I preserve myself, you know? Well, I have a self-care, self-preservation mm. question for you. Mm-hmm. So the night we met, I was like, hey, I, I, I got to ask. <laughs> all that sugar mm-hmm. in your junk. Mm-hmm. And you were like, I have a yeast infection right now. Mm-hmm. And you wear thongs. Like whenever I'm always telling people, like, you can play with sugary stuff, but you got to like wear like rubber pants you know Mm -hmm. you gotta Mm -hmm. like get booty shorts that like you know keep keep the sugar away from your junk make a risk aware assessment for those listeners who may not know Mm. sugar in vaginas promotes yeast yeast infections can be very uncomfortable can have various health consequences so so your you know your body is also your material right, and your absolutely. livelihood. Um, so I don't know if I said yeast infection. I've never gotten a yeast infection or a from UCI. one. I get UTIs also ritualistically. Um, <laughs> it's really a part of the performance. It, it kind of is. Like I'm always pre-planning. Like I take cranberry pills mm. and um, I very much – um, say to people, it's like having sex. You have to pee right after. Yeah. Um, clear the urethra. But I didn't want to sacrifice any part of the performance by having a wardrobe that would cover me. I used a piece of tape once. That <laughs> didn't work. Yeah. I go at it the way I go at it. And have I been to the doctor six times this year for antibiotics, for UTIs? Yes. Has she questioned me? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yes. What did you tell her? Um, just that I'm really prone to UTIs. <laughs> no, no lies. <laughs> so honestly, it's just something that I deal with. And yes, it sucks, but... It is what it is. It's an occupational hazard. It is. I am the softest person you'll ever meet. (laughs) Like, sugar can be used as an exfoliant. Mm. I, like, my my skin is great, um, and I like to think that this has something to do with it. So, you know, there's pros and cons. I like to think that the pros have outweighed the con of the UTI situation. I, I try to shower immediately. I mean, I'm getting up to a point with, like, bigger venues have green rooms mm. and I can shower. And, like, I've done multiple sits in a night before and, thank goodness, have had somewhere to go to wash off. But usually, like, I'm walking to back to my house in Bushwick from wherever I performed, like, completely caked up. And, like, it's, it's an experience. I've, like, left a lot of crumbs and many an uber ride um yeah i mean i just kind of deal yeah i I don't think there's like aside from not doing it i don't think there's like a way to do it to completely avoid it you know probably yeah i mean maybe if you were wearing like a latex bodysuit yeah but but then you know i feel like the the visceral part the sensory part is a bit compromised. Um, yes. And I, I cake just, on skin is different yeah. from cake on latex. Yeah. yeah. Do you have any insight into the origin of cake as slang for ass? I don't. Only that I know that it is. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. I just. Yeah. You know, it's also slang for money. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) That fits. (laughs) It does fit. (laughs) Can we talk a little bit about the, like, goo Mm. of it all? Because we've we've talked about 
the meaning of it as food, mm-hmm. and we've talked about the specific meaning of it as cake. Mm-hmm. Flipping through this magazine, I'm seeing like mud wrestling, mm-hmm. and of course, there you know, there's things like newer wrestling. And I, I, I saw in a recent article that you were talking about like Nickelodeon sliming, right? right? La, a, Wet t-shirt contests, even totally dunk tanks at a fair, a pie to the face. Oh yes, I have one of my great sex work moments. A story I believe I've told on this show is just like kicking open a door and pieing someone in the yeah. face like and I wasn't I wasn't into the messiness of it mm-hmm. but I was very gratified by mm-hmm. the campiness of it and the theatrics of it and right. the like slapstick right of it so you yourself are not like a, a cake or wet or me- wet and or messy right. and like splashing fetishist like no not you're, myself you're like interested in it mm-hmm. as your art form mm-hmm as your livelihood, but you're not erotically interested in it. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't seek out other people's splashing or cake-sitting performances. From an erotic standpoint, you might be, like, interested in, like, oh, how do they do this differently, like, artistically than me? Mm. But you're not, like, jerking off to it. No. So, As I said before, it wasn't something that I was asked to do. It was something that I found. Right. And with my experience with it, I've learned there isn't a huge audience for this. And I very much forced it on my audience in the same way in the chat room as as I do in art in an art context. Mm. The fact that there is You will like cake. I kind of feel like you forced it on me, actually. Right? Yeah. Like, there's not actually, like, a huge market for it. Right. So for people to think, number one, that I'm making a ton of money is, like, totally false. And number two, that there's, like, endless clientele Mm. is just totally false. Like, it is very much something that... I brought into my art and my practice that I, you know, it it didn't come out of thin air. It's not an accident. And I wanted to, to highlight something that I found impactful. It had nothing to do with the market for it. It had nothing to do with the money. It very much worked with the public-private aspects of my artwork and fit kind of seamlessly into how I practice sex work in a very humorous but sexy but disturbing, like really highlighted the abject part of me. Mm. I very much made nothing into something, and it was never about the amount of people interested in it. And it was very much like my connection to it personally and then the reaction that I got from it on a wider, more public scale, which is why I've been able to perform and get hired for these jobs. The market for cake sitting, I've actually never been in my chat room and a cake sitting fetishist has come in and been like, hey, can you do this for me? Like, <laughs> no, that's not that's not how it works. You're not hearing from cake sitting connoisseurs? No, no. And anytime I I have gotten that request or that email um, or that DM, it is in an effort to talk to me, to f- fuck me, not to, mm. not to um, actually have that happen. It's like the the intro to someone asking me about what else I do in terms of sex work. Right. Mm-hmm. Which. It's not a bad thing. Only when there's a false pretense. Sure. sure. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Hold up. 
When you think about what people enjoy about watching mm -hmm. your sit, mm -hmm. do you watch your videos, by the way? Yeah, I just have to wait a couple weeks to a month. Like, I can't watch it right after. I feel that way, actually, about videos in general. Like, it really yeah. upset Yes. When someone takes a video, actually, or even a picture, and then like try, like yes. turns the phone around, nope. tries to show me, can't do it. Like it, yeah. I get. I need time dysphoria. to digest. Yeah, same. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it's also easier to be like, that's someone else. Not exactly. Like, yeah. Yes. The immediacy of that. Yes. What do you think people enjoy about watching you smearing colorful frosting all over your skin mm -hmm. and like? A follow-up question that I'll just put out there now is, like, to what degree do you think it is connected to an enjoyment that people have of watching the messiness of bodily fluids, whether mm. it's, like, come mm -hmm. all over someone's body or you mentioned something that you have steered away from, which is mm -hmm. the idea of excrement, like, mm -hmm. which, taboo as it is, is something that people enjoy doing and watching right you know or i'm even thinking about you know very thematically related i'm thinking about people how much people love like seeing like uh, like cream or milk like poured mm -hmm. all over someone right mm -hmm. like what i really think like the simple answer especially for people that aren't attracted to it as a fetish per se mm -hmm. is she's doing something she's not supposed to be doing right that's not with, where that goes with something she's not supposed to be doing it with right and I think that that's a huge part of wanting to see it and wanting to cheer me on while I'm doing it it's kind of disobedient exactly yes you're Which like is, you're like coloring on the wall with crayons right except Which it's your ass <laughs> shines through in these splash magazines the sticking out of the tongue mm -hmm. it's like I'm not supposed to be doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway, and I'm going to have a good time while I'm doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm very stoic when I do it for right. many I, different types of reasons. Yes. Also, you. I'm glad that you brought that up because mm -hmm. that was something that I wanted to talk to you about. Like, your, what I've seen of your performances, you have a very stoic, serious, and also calm Mm-hmm approach whereas most splashing including these magazines mm -hmm. we're looking at puts a lot of emphasis on the playfulness and the immaturity mm -hmm. and the yeah like spreading out and flopping around mm -hmm. and being loose but you're like right very so calm i take myself really seriously mm -hmm. it is a job that i'm hired for and I think that's a part of it, but also I'm not going to exaggerate an act that is already exaggerated. Yeah. It well, is, it's it, already embedded in there. It's already funny. It's already disturbing. It's already sexy. It's already comedic. There's no reason for me to exaggerate any of those elements or sensationalize it anymore. It is in, in, embedded. It is in it. It's already happening. But that's your that's your style, though, because, mm -hmm. like, I could see somebody taking the opposite approach or the opposite, um, uh, like, reasoning based on what you're saying mm -hmm. would be, like, this is about chaos. Mm -hmm. So my expression is going to be about chaos. And so it actually feels to me like you're very intentionally mm -hmm. creating a tension and a contrast between all these things that we've talked about that like about like destruction and, you know, you can't put like a broken mm -hmm. glass back together. Mm -hmm. um, we've talked about all of these elements that you're extremely conscious of in your work about destruction and something that can never be put back together in that same way mm -hmm. and then the contrast between that and like your total control mm -hmm. is I think that's like part of what is unique and mesmerizing about your style thank you you're welcome <laughs> and but it also seems like it's not just I want it to appear this way it's oh, no, that's I the am. experience right. that yes you want and that also is maybe who you are. No, absolutely. And 
I think I've touched on this, like the same person I am with you here is the same person I am in my chat room is the same person I am on stage. I am unashamed. I am in control. I am I trying to command the room. All of these things are already embedded in the piece as elements I think to make it even more over the top or funny would kind of incite my own uncomfortableness with it. Mm-hmm. And I'm not uncomfortable with it. Uh-huh. I'm totally comfortable. Yeah. And the the stereotype, I think, of the sex worker is that she's not in control of her own narrative. Oh, man. And... I am, and I want you to know that and feel that and see that in my performance. I cannot think of a better note to end on. Lindsay Dye, will you spell your name so that when people are searching for you on the internet, they will find you? So you'll probably find me more under Dye Lindsay. I like to go by my last name since I was made fun of it so much as a child. Mm. Um, Another thing I like to reclaim and take power. Totally. Uh, So Dye is D-Y-E-L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, Dye Lindsay. Instagram handle is Die Lindsay. My website is lindsaydie.com. And yeah, if you want to see anything, just Google Lindsay Die Cake. It'll come up automatically. And if people want to patronize your work, either mm. by uh, attending your virtual mm-hmm. cam shows or... Ooh. So I did write down a bunch of stuff. Okay. Great. I So one thing... I do not publicize my uh, cam, my chat room, and I do that very intentionally. I I like the community I'm a part of. I like when people find me organically and naturally. Um, so if you find me, great, but I do not publicize my chat room name. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like converting people into chat room patrons. Mm-hmm. I... I don't like being the teacher. I, I like you to figure it out yourself. And um, if you find yourself there, then you become a part of the community. Mm. So that is something that Sweet. I don't publicize. Um, my art, you can always reach out to me through social media, my website. All of my information is there. You can tip me through my website if Great. you so please. Tip her. Um, I always update on shows and where I'm performing on social media. The next big performance, you're going to appreciate this so much. I am performing in Midtown at ButtCon, Great. the first ever Butt Convention. Excuse me, I did not <laughs> receive an invite. <laughs> I will uh, guest list you, a VIP. Yes! Um, I, I mean, listen, I've got my VIP to ButtCon right here. I'm sitting on it. Anyway, when is this? So this is August 22nd. I will post more information. Um, I will be singing, I will be sitting, and I am going to be sponsored by the bidet company, Tushy. Tushy. (laughs) They've been on the pod. And then immediately after, I go to San Francisco for a sitting, and I am also working on a collaboration with a sex toy company, which I can't say anything more about, but that's happening. Amazing. Yeah. Would you ever do a sit while wearing a butt plug? Interesting. We can talk about that. Yeah. Now we're having a collaboration. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like one of them sparkly ones. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. or, you, or you know, it would be very on brand for you hmm. is the ones that have the like rainbow ponytails. Oh my gosh. Yes. I, uh, yes. Think about yes. getting one of your cakes all over one of those yes. rainbow ponytails. And it would match my ponytail. It's a yeah. great ponytail. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk more. Um, cool. cool. Okay, so if people want to find you on the internet, they should search for Lindsay Dye, mm-hmm. and, which you have spelled, and uh, people I cannot recommend highly enough that you 
follow Lindsay's Instagram and tip her and also try to attend a live show or commission her and bring her to your party for a cake sit. Why? I can't think of a reason why you wouldn't do that. (laughs) Um, Lindsay, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that we touch on, sit on? Hmm. Now this act has become more popular. I don't actually look at other cake sitters. I feel like it clouds my vision of mm. what I'm doing a little bit. Do you, you don't crave cake sitting community? Not particularly. Just because I'm I'm very invested in my my practice and making this making this world it's it's like a little complicated for me to talk about it because so much is surrounded um, of with fandom mm. and then also like other artists who aren't sex workers ah. using it as a symbol, which ah, yes. goes into the appropriation aspect of it. One hundred percent, which is totally disturbing and upsetting. And I just um, specifically wrote down. Um, like I always have to claim artist and sex worker and both are to back the other up. And as soon as you mix sex and money, you're discredited Mm. and you're placed in someone else's moral compass. And like, I feel like other artists have almost tried to delegitimize what I do because I'm a sex worker as if I can't conceptualize and intellectualize something because sex workers are supposed to be naive and dumb and not in control of what they're doing. And I, you know, I have residual kind of anger surrounding that and wanting to back myself up and like, no, like I went to art school for a reason. I'm a sex worker for a reason. Mm. This all has happened for a reason. And I have much less of a problem with other sex workers doing it. Of course, that is our world. If you can profit off of it, if you enjoy it, like, please do. But to anyone else, like, know your origins, mm. know your history. Mm-hmm. This comes from pornography, the very thing that you may or may not be denying or stigmatizing. Yeah, you need to grapple with the history of where it comes from. And it's not just this funny, sexy thing. It's actually really serious. And people look down upon people with fetishes. And don't tell me that you like cake sitting, but you're going to judge someone for liking feet. You know, like... It we're it's all in the same game. <laughs> Thank Does you. Does that make sense? It makes the most sense okay. of anything. And I, I just have felt like I need to like get this out because it's painful sometimes. I agree. Mm. And you're right. Thank you. And fuck everyone. I know. I it's something that I'm praised for, but it's also something that I'm judged for, that I've lost relationships over, that I have to negotiate. Do I tell this person what my job is or do I not? You don't get to use something that actually came from a very disturbing experience of years of being a sex worker Mm. for your own gain without going through it. I I agree. Mm. You are right. I guess that does bring me to something that I would add to that, which is, you know, when we talk about the hierarchy mm-hmm. and we talk about different what it's like to work in different parts of the sex industry, bringing different identities to bear on that work and how we're perceived and the way that that can be drawn across class lines mm. and um, uh and and racial lines and gender lines and, mm-hmm. and like lots of way that ways that power flows in our society and what is stigmatized and what is marginalized. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think there are probably a lot of people who are comfortable talking about you as a sex worker because the novelty of the cake sitting 
can kind of be their like framework where they're like, oh, it's this kind of like freaky thing that mm-hmm. people are into that she does. But it's kind of performance art. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I think that probably a lot of people – I would imagine that you've had experience with people downplaying mm-hmm. – the sex work side of it. Oh, absolutely. Or don't even refer or don't ref- want to refer to me as a sex worker and or say that I'm not because of the cake sitting while they're not aware that I, my full-time job, like I don't, the cake sitting money like pays my subway card. Yeah. Like I am actually a full-time sex worker to pay my rent. There's... Uh, a purposeful denial in mm. it in order to enjoy it sometimes. Oh, yes, and it's that's just like well said. I mean, that's fucked up mm-hmm. and correct. Yes. And it, it's uh, you need to check yourself um, if you're thinking that way. And one thing we also didn't talk about is how I've had to negotiate my performances and who I do them for. Sure. And the residual guilt I have felt doing it for an audience that I know doesn't respect me. Totally. And I am very specifically talking about one of my latest performances where I was hired by a family in the Hamptons. And once I got there, I was just like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? They can't even look me in the eye. Yeah. And that's where I really felt like I've surrounded myself with sex workers for so long mm. that I forgot what it's like to be by yourself in the world as a sex worker and that yeah. intense judgment. Yeah. And that's exactly what I I don't want from it and what I'm like kind of trying to cure. So, you know, I'm still learning and I... I still think about the impact of what I'm doing in terms of I don't want this to be used as a party trick. Yeah. um, And it should be respected. It should be respected. And also when people are going – when people can't look you in the eye, you should charge them five times as much. Absolutely. And on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. Thank you. For two hours. That was so fun. I'm and so very glad you full. had fun. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. Like you just <laughs> ate not a cake because you don't like cake. Uh the barbecue we were talking yes. about earlier. Yes, yes, it yes. was savory. Not so sweet. It was savory. This is a savory yeah. show. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like we, like, hit everything, maybe except, like, the merch that I sell, like, which has to do with... Do you want to plug your merch? Well, it's more about the conceptual aspects of the merch, because I'm sold out of most things, which is great, but everything's really expensive to make, so I have to, like, figure things out. But everything has kind of uh, manifested in clothing, which I think is great, because so much of... Sex work and being a woman is about self-presentation. Totally. So the shirts that I make are, to me, can be read as literal resumes. And they're called cake-sitting resume, cam-girl resume uh, t-shirts. And they use the logos of the sites that you can work on, of the Mm. baking supplies that you can use. Mm. And I'm very much purposely touching on copyright infringement in (laughs) the porn and camming world and how our content is stolen and posted on hub sites, which in turn circumvents our income. And we are not necessarily protected by the site that we work on. So I wanted to not just take their logos, but take their logos and show literally all the places I've worked for this job that is supposed to be framed as you're going to have a gap in your employment because you're a sex worker. Right. Can you explain that gap in your resume? Right. And yeah, I'll explain it by wearing this T-shirt. Mm, um, that's brilliant. And also just sex workers don't have a uniform. We don't have like... Um, we don't... We can't... We don't have a resume. Like we can't put... Things on resumes that would legitimately demonstrate skills and experience or even just 
consistency of intention of what we've been doing right. to survive and and grow. And I feel like having merch for cam girls or whatever other sex worker not only legitimizes the profession, having a uniform like gives this feeling of pride in your work. So taking pride in what you do and also for people that aren't sex workers to wear it, taking pride in the porn you watch, it being ethically made porn. Mm -hmm. I think it's it's really important for people to talk about and be able to have access to something that makes them feel like what they're doing is work, that it is seen, that it's something they can identify with and feel like, yes, this is a job. Fuck yes. <laughs> well, I can't wait to come to your next set. Yay. ButCon. <laughs> ButCon. Oh, my God. Lindsay, thank you so much for being here and thank sharing you. everything that you've shared with us today. Thank you. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'll, um, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Okay. Bye. <laughs> How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.